No longer an apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. I should also say welcome back to myself because I pretty much took a month hiatus. I'm sure you guys guessed it. Super busy. I mean, classes, internships, studying abroad applications. It was a very, very busy February, but nonetheless, it's March 1st, and you know what that means. March Madness is almost upon us. And I'm going to I'm going to have a huge month on the podcast. We're going to talk about college basketball. I'm going to try to do it almost every single day, if not every other day. Today we're going to talk UNC basketball because man, it's been a roller coaster ride. Going to talk the ACC and then we're going to open it up to big picture to who I think is actually a national championship contender and my current pick for who I think is going to win it all again this year. All right. Let's go straight into UNC basketball. Currently on a three-game win streak, just beat Florida State 77-66. to The most notable win, obviously, really of the entire season is a wire-to-wire victory over Virginia at home, 71-63. to So first, I'm going to dive into the, the bad parts of UNC basketball, why we struggled pretty much this entire season, but also why we should have a little bit of hope. If you talked to me after the NC State game, I would have absolutely come on here and drilled the Tar Heels, but they needed to win out after that game. They've done it just so far, and this this game against Duke is really their entire season. So here's why UNC's at this point, in my opinion. Number one, there's so much blame going around. Is it Hubert's fault? Is it the players? It's a mix of both. When it comes to Coach Davis... I do think he's the right guy for the job. He did lead us to a national championship last year, but I think a couple things are on him. First off, you have to develop your bench. Guys like Jalen Washington, guys like Seth Trimble, DeMarco Dunn, who's had a year in the system. These are players you need to develop. Practice all you want. The best way to get these players ready to play during the ACC is to play them early on in the season. Coach Davis did not give these guys enough burn to start the season, and because of that, he did not develop a bench, and he doesn't have anyone on that bench that is reliable outside of maybe Puff Johnson. So when a guy like Caleb Love isn't shooting the ball well, there's no one on the bench that's better than him in that moment because they're not ready to play. That's on Hubert Davis for not developing a bench, for not giving them the play time that they needed to, to be developed. I mean, look at freshmen around the country. Someone like Grady Dick, pretty highly recruited guy, just like a Jalen Washington, like a Seth Trimble. I know he's 6'8", he can shoot really well, all that, but Bill Self played him and played him a lot. And it's, it's crazy to see how much a freshman can develop just by being on the floor for enough minutes. So that's the, first, that's the biggest thing in my mind that's on Coach Davis because this Iron 5 thing, it's not going to work out after after this year it's I don't think it's working out now necessarily so coach Davis has got to figure out how to how to get those guys in and how to get them ready to play because it really is an X-Men up mentality the next thing that's on coach Davis is the lack of offense which we've actually seen be a lot better the last two games and when I mean lack of offense I mean offensive sets I mean where are the backdoor cuts where are the off-ball screens our entire offense is an Armando Baycott high ball screen pick and roll Now, again, this has changed a little bit because we have seen some more off-ball movement. The ball movement as a whole has been so much better. We're actually getting some, like, getting games with a lot of assists. I'd have to check, but I think that Virginia and Florida State game, it just seemed like we had more assists in those two games than, like, the previous four games that we lost. 
This team is better, and basketball teams are better when they move the ball and it leads to high assists. I mean, Florida State game, we had, what, like 14 assists on on 20 baskets? That's exactly what you're looking for. I'm going to check right now. Yep, there you go. 15 assists on 23 made baskets. That is a very good assist-to-field goal ratio. That's what we're looking for. We want R.J. Davis, Caleb Love looking to pass. They cannot always look to score. That's been their problem all season, even when Baycott had a bad game against Florida State. Pete Nance has obviously picked up the slack. Would have given him a lot of criticism the past couple weeks, but he's... He's found a role. He's shooting the ball better. He's found confidence. I don't know what's up with these lemon Oreos. I don't know what they've put in them, but Pete Nance clearly using this lemon Oreo saga to play some good basketball because before that he was bench worthy, in my opinion. And it's interesting because the coach Davis talked about big changes happening and we didn't see any, but if there's one change that actually happened, it was benching Armando Baycott pretty much for Pete Nance to play at the five. And and I heard people talk about this all, all preseason, how Pete Nance is more comfortable at the five and we can see it. He's a playmaking five who can stretch the floor. He's not comfortable at the four position because he can't play inside defensively. He has, he's relied on to stretch the floor a little too much on offense, and then he has to guard out on the perimeter on some on some teams that play a little smaller at the at the four. So Pete Nance found a nice role. Hopefully he can keep it going. Leaky Black was awesome offensively against Florida State. And this is a team right now where, again, it's do or die this weekend in the Dean Dome against Duke. Their season's on the line. If they win this, maybe just win one or two games in the ACC tournament, should sneak into the first four. If we lose to Duke, Got to win, the, got to run the table in the tournament. Got to run the table in the ACC tournament. I do think we will win this weekend, though. I know Duke's playing really well. But I, I think with what these guys know is on the line, their legacy, I mean, not being the biggest disappointment in college basketball history because that's what they were. When they lost to NC State and it looked like this team was just crashing and burning, this team is was on their way to being the biggest disappointment in college basketball history being preseason ACC number one losing every quad one game in a in in their way I mean Virginia thank goodness we beat them because this team had not beaten they had no quality win there was no good win home against state or neutral to Michigan was was about it Ohio State has dropped like 14 of their last 15 or 16 games I mean they're gotta be a quad three win at this point that's how bad they are and you have to keep in mind, this isn't a really bad ACC where UNC's blown a lot of six-point leads in the second half. Did it to Pitt twice. Did it to did it to NC State. Uh, did it to Iowa State earlier in the season. You got that game against Alabama. That would be a huge win, right? Because they're second in the country. Can't score a basket in the at the end of four overtimes, pretty much, because you you aren't. You don't have a closing set play to run. You're just running Caleb Love iso ball. That's proven to not work at all. But it seems like right now this team is slowly clicking a little bit enough to give us hope to find their role. But if we show up to Duke and we just run iso ball and we don't have assists and we don't take care of the ball and we don't move the ball and we don't try on defense, Caleb Love, even though he's not good offensively against Virginia because Reese Beekman was on him, he was so good defensively in my opinion because he cared. Defense is not skill, it is effort. This team has not shown it all year, and they finally showed it against Virginia because they knew it was on the line 
I don't know why this team always has to be in this situation where one more loss and your season's over, but here we are, big game this Saturday. Those are just my top thoughts on, on UNC basketball. A little bit of hope, but if we lose to Duke, going to be a very disappointing season, especially if we get swept by our in-state rivals. Okay, that's UNC. Let's go to ACC because tournament is next week. I, I mean, I said this earlier, this is not the best conference in the world. Now, it's no Pac-12. Pac-12 is really bad, but UNC is not faring very well in a pretty bad ACC. I mean, got to give credit to to Pitt. Coach Capel, Jeff Capel, he's done a great job with his Panthers, 14-4 and in conference, currently at the top. They've got a matchup with Miami this weekend that's probably going to decide who wins the regular season. But come on, Pitt, the best team in the ACC, obviously by record, that is. I mean, the competition's not just not up there. Uh, Miami, they're 14-5 and five in conference. Virginia is as well. Duke climbed up to the 4C, they're 13-6. and six. Chance to, if they beat us, they will probably secure a double bye. So that's a huge game for them. And then you got Clemson State, us, Wake Forest lost to Boston College yesterday, Syracuse and Boston College 9-10. And, and then obviously the bottom, it, it, it's just awful. Louisville and Notre Dame are just not good basketball teams. 2-17 and 17 in conference for Louisville, 4-26 and 26 on the season. I mean, you, you can't spell it out to have a worse season. Uh, not just for Louisville, but for the ACC because there is no elite team this year. But doesn't that mean that UNC can make this championship game? I mean... I don't know what Pitt has on us, but we never play well against Pitt for some reason. But I'm sure if we play them a third time, we could get them back. Virginia, we just beat them. Clemson, we smoked them. I, I feel like State on a neutral floor would be in our advantage because, man, State really wanted that one in PNC Arena. The one team I'm concerned about is Miami. Miami is the best team in the in the ACC, in my opinion. You got Isaiah Wong, obviously best player on that team scoring 16 points a game but you know what he's not their x-factor for me I think guys like Norchad O'Meara Jordan Miller they're supporting guys who I mean look Jordan Miller put up 23 24 points on the Tar Heels in the Dune Dome in the Dean Dome to beat us at home those guys are what makes Miami so dangerous because O'Meara is a very athletic big played Baycott pretty well Miller can shoot the three ball very crafty player and then you got Nigel Pack I know he's only like 5'9 5'10 but Man, he's got range. And this is a very well-coached Miami team that made the Elite Eight a year ago. They've got guys who have tournament experience, Wong and Miller, especially Nigel Pack, the transfer coming in. It's a ve- this is the best team in the ACC. This is the team that I think has the best chance of making a deep run in the, na- in the uh, NCAA tournament. I think Virginia's trending down. They don't have the offense. Defensively, they're not playing as well. I mean, losing to us in Boston College back-to-back, not a good look, especially when you barely sneak away from Louisville and Virginia and Notre Dame uh Notre Dame which was at home so Virginia trending down I have to say Duke is also another one of those teams that can make a run they're finally kind of clicking finding their role they got Derek Whitehead back from injury Derek Lively's really playing well giving it all on the on the defensive end and then you got your go-to guys in Filipowski and Jeremy Roach so is this the best conference in the world no are there a couple teams that I could see making a deep run yes Is UNC one of them? You might ask, and the answer is, it doesn't matter unless we make the field. So that's what we really got to focus on, and it starts with beating Duke 
this Saturday. I will be there. Got a phase one ticket. Super excited about that. So going to my first UNC Duke game ever. Uh, so that, that should be a fun one. All right, let's open it up to the rest of the country because because I've been watching a lot of college basketball, especially in February, watching a lot of Big 12 stuff, seeing some of the top teams. Uh, I mean, seeing Alabama. haven't seen Houston too much or UCLA, but watching some Big East a little bit, seeing those teams grind it out in that very tough conference. Here are the teams that I think, I mean, if you look at the AP Top 10 right now, we'll go through it real quick before I get into the next segment. Houston at number one, 27 and 2. Obviously, in the American Athletic, not a big deal conference-wise. Alabama at two, Kansas three, UCLA, Purdue lost four out of their last six. That's pretty notable. I don't know if they played last night. I think they played a night, maybe. Uh, Marquette's at six, Baylor, Arizona, Texas, Gonzaga, crawling into the 10th spot. Um, Kansas State, I think, is a notable, notable team at 11. UConn at 14, Indiana 15, although they lost to Iowa by like 22 points last night at home, Miami 16, and then as you scroll down, you see Kentucky at 29, crawling back into the mix at 23, Pitt 25, so three ACC teams ranked, but I I think the big thing to note here is the best conference in basketball is is the Big 12. Kansas, Baylor, Texas, K State, TCU even, in my opinion, all capable of making deep runs in the tournament. There's just so much talent in this league. It's so well coached. You got Scott Drew. Texas has pivoted really well since the Chris Beard situation. Bill Self, probably the best coach in college basketball. So I think watching the Big 12 tournament, that's going to be a huge indicator for who I put far in my bracket. I, I mean, I, I love seeing who plays well in, in that tournament. So, I mean, we, we got to keep an eye out on those teams. A, a, a conference I'm not high on. The Big Ten, overrated, so overrated. Purdue, not loving the way they're trending right now. Zach Eady will be National Player of the Year, but who's the second guy? The freshmen have fallen off. They're not shooting the ball well. Fletcher Lawyer's dealing with a calf injury, I think. He's kind of running out of steam. Braden Smith, not shooting well either. Hunter, Hunter Gallus, Gillis, can't remember his last name. He's, I mean, I mean, there's, there's no reliable secondary score for this Purdue team. And we've seen it in all of these losses because teams are letting Edie get his points, but no one else is supporting him. I don't think that fares well going into March, especially when teams hunker down defensively might give Edie a little bit more trouble. It's more of a guard oriented game. Not sure if I trust the Purdue freshman. And then like after Purdue, you look at the rest of this conference and I mean, you got so many teams just 11 and seven and and 10 and 8, I mean, Maryland, Northwestern, Michigan, Indiana, you got Illinois in there, you got Michigan State with Iowa, I mean, Rutgers as well, I mean, I just don't see great teams, the one team I would say before last night that I would really bank on making a deep run would be Indiana, because obviously you got Trace Jackson Davis, he's a stud, but Jalen Hood Shafino, 35 against Purdue, 14 of 24, an absolute mid-range assassin he was fantastic in that game I think that's exactly what Indiana needs to make a big run because again your bigs are going to be a little compromised with double teams coming at you in the tournament you need a guy like Hood Shafino to go get you a buck and he did it against Purdue in Mackey Arena one of the toughest environments in college basketball so I really liked Indiana before the loss last night but Iowa can get hot I don't really buy Iowa in the tournament but 
Keep an eye out on the Big Ten tournament as well. I don't really love a lot of these teams. I don't think Northwestern or, or Maryland or or Michigan State is, is going to go very far. The the two teams that are likely going to go the farthest are, are Purdue and Indiana, but even Purdue I'd put on upset watch. This is just not a good Big Ten conference like we've seen in the past few years. And what we've seen as well is, yeah, they can beat up on each other and get some quality wins in conference, but they don't perform in the tournament. You have to go on track record. Not a big fan of the Big Ten. And I think the last conference that that we really need to talk about is the Pac-12 because you got two teams at the top in UCLA and Arizona. Arizona 24 and 5, UCLA 25 and 4, currently the four seed, four, fourth overall in the country, gonna take that number one spot over Purdue if they win the tournament. But it's a very weak conference. Did you know UCLA's best win this season? is at Maryland. And the next one is on a neutral site against Kentucky. That is UCLA's best win. Because I think Arizona beat them earlier in the season. Is that a one seed you want to trust? Keep in mind, this was a four seed last year. I know Jalen Clark has really emerged as a great defender and a good third scorer. Jaime Hawkins is your, is your guy to go to. Tiger Campbell, great veteran point guard. Amari Bailey is the freshman talent. It's a good UCLA team, but let's not get... If there's a one seed, if these are the four one seeds, Houston, Alabama, Kansas, and UCLA, keep a huge eye out for UCLA to get in a 1-8 trap game because they just haven't played anybody. I mean, Arizona State is, is okay. They beat Arizona on a buzzer beater. USC is fine. UCLA lost to them by like 13 at USC. It's it's just not a good conference. And, and are they battle-tested enough? That's what I wonder with Houston. Are those teams battle-tested enough from earlier in the season and in conference to, to be ready to go? And and like I said with the Big Ten, sometimes that wear and tear can, can lead to a not-so-great run. But I, I wonder if UCLA is going to be able to... I mean, they've just been running through this awful Pac-12 conference. I wonder if they actually run into a strong SEC team. What if you run into a Kentucky? If they, if they, I know they're at like a six line right now. If they go down to a seven or eight line, what if you run into a team like them or a tough team like Pitt, who might be able to steal a game, or even a, if Duke falls to the eight line, I'm I'm picking Duke over UCLA, and that's coming from a Tar Heel fan. So I have questions about UCLA. I need to watch them in the tournament. So those those are kind of the kind of the conferences there. Oh, another one. Keep out, keep an eye out for the Big East teams like Marquette. I mean, Tyler Kolick is is one of the best point guards in the country. I mean, talk about a, an orchestrator of an offense, dishing out assists. I think he probably leads the nation in assists, or he's up there. And then you got guys like uh, you got UConn, who obviously kind of had a a stumble in the middle of the season when they were number one or two in the country. But you got Sonogo, you got Newton, who's a triple double threat. It's 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 a very well coached. I mean, uh, these Big East teams they they go at it every night. Very physical defensively, but I think this could be the year that a Big East team finally breaks through again. We haven't seen it since UConn. We've seen Marquette fold. We've seen U- UConn folded last year to New Mexico State. You got other teams such as Xavier. You got Providence in there. These are good teams. So I, I think that's another. That, 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 that's another conference that, depending on who plays well in the tournament, I, I, a team that's not ranked right now, Creighton, they were very promising to start the season when they got Baylor Shireman, 
uh, from the transfer portal. So pretty much, what I know I'm kind of just going through all the conferences here. I'm just kind of free balling this episode to get to get warm back up. But there are a lot of good teams out there, but there's no great team. I think that's really the the message here. So just because a team's number one overall, I don't think that means anything. Because I think if Houston runs into a powerhouse in the Elite Eight, I don't know if they're going to win that because they just haven't played that competition all year. So yeah, again, that's kind of the whole message of my of my little, I don't want to call it a rant, we'll call it a, a, a reasonable uh, tangent, we'll say. Um, talk about rant versus reason in, in, a, in a writing class, but I would say that was reason. Um, no great teams, a lot of good teams, and a lot of good teams that can win it all. And speaking of who can win it all, let's get into some, let's get into three teams that I believe are trending upwards, that you should really, that I think that I really like going into the conference tournaments and then the team that I think is going to win it all at the moment. First team that I think is trending up Kansas state man. Do I love me? Love me some Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. One of the best dynamic duos in the country. Noel's got range for days. Great point guard can dish it out. And and man, he plays hard. He's only five, eight, but he can score in bunches. And, and Keontae Johnson, what a story. This is not a story about Keontae Johnson coming back from, from collapsing on the court at Florida. This is Keontae Johnson being a really good basketball player. I mean, what, he's averaging like 17, 18 points, close to, I mean, I have to look at how many rebounds, but he's a double-double threat almost every night. And he's a, he's got he can power you down low, he can shoot a little bit. This is a good Kansas State team. If they can get Tomlin to be that third guy, to because to, I think what we see sometimes is, is if Johnson and Noel are off on a night, they don't have a third player who can pick up the slack. It's my one worry with Kansas State, but I think when you've got a great point guard in Marquise Noel, and you've got Johnson, who can be your dynamic forward, be, the, be your team's leader in points, and that's a good recipe for a team that can go far. Another team that I really like, also from the Big 12, Baylor. Once Keontae George gets healthy from that high ankle sprain, he should be fine by the NCAA tournament, maybe even the Big 12 tournament. Best backcourt in basketball. Flagler, Cryer, and Keontae George. They can score. They can they can shoot it from anywhere on the court. Flagler and Cryer are, I mean, great three-point shooters. Keontae George, really crafty as a freshman. He's going straight to the league. And then you also got Jonathan Chachua back. From that, from that awful knee injury from a season ago, I think potentially you bring him into the starting lineup. But even him coming off the bench adds some great insurance to the front court, which is where Baylor Baylor struggles. They don't defend very well. And, and I mean, I, I like how Bridges has been playing a little this year. He's had some okay games. Uh, Flo Thomas, he's your veteran big guy down there. But they've got some good guys off the bench. They need some front court help. They run into a Zach Eady. I'm going to be a little concerned or a Trace Jackson Davis, but these guards are good enough that they 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 can shoot you out of the gym, and that'll be it. And then the last team that I really like, and I know I talked about them, and I know they just lost to Iowa, but I really like Indiana. I really like how Indiana swept Purdue. I think they're trending in the right way. Maybe getting Xavier Johnson back will help provide a, another burst in scoring. I love Jalen Hutchfino. Kind of talked about him. 
You got Galloway. He's he's solid in there, but it all comes down to Trace Jackson Davis, one of the best players in the country. I think he's actually underrated a little bit because all the highlights on Zach Eady in the in the Big Ten. But I mean, Jackson Davis, especially that first matchup, um, he played extremely well. Was kind of silenced in the second one because he was being double teamed, but he had the teammates pick up the slack. I think that's such a big thing in in March. Who's gonna be the the guy who unexpectedly steps up? It's Hood Shafino against Purdue. Who's going to do it in March? That's a big question. But again, out of any big team or out of any Big Ten team, I like Indiana to make to make a deep run. I think Purdue's going to be on upset watch. But the team that I think is going to currently win it all, there are two teams I've got. I'm going to start with the one that's probably going to be my runner-up, Alabama. Now, I know Alabama has got some controversy going on. The Brandon Miller situation, I mean, we saw it come on national news. Uh, it's a it's a very big deal. I mean, it, who knows what details are going to keep coming out. We saw the letter from the attorney. We saw the allegations of him providing a weapon in, in the murder of the 23-year-old mother, which is, it, it's scary. And Alabama, I can't say Nate Oates, in the program handled it well, but as of now, he's still playing basketball. So from a purely basketball perspective, man, Brandon Miller's good. Brandon Miller is going to be the top college guy drafted behind Wembenyama, behind Scoot Henderson. He's the best player in college basketball as an NBA prospect. I think I think the best player is currently ED. Obviously, he's going to win National Player of the Year, but this is a very good Alabama team that I am really high on. I saw something where they their offense is very analytical based. It's a lot of threes and it's a lot of layups, kind of like those Houston Rockets with D'Antoni and James Harden. But they're going to shoot threes and they're going to make a lot of them. Mark Sears, Javon Quinterly off the bench. You got some. You got a uh, some some good help in the, in the front court. I think it's a really good Alabama team that I think can finally break through. And and as as who knows what's going to happen with the with the whole situation, but. Brandon Miller keeps playing. This is a national championship contender, but it's not my national champion at the moment because I think the Kansas Jayhawks are going back-to-back, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen a lot of Kansas basketball, probably seen more Kansas than any other team in the field. And this team's got national championship written all over it. And I think the only reason I'm scared to pick them is because they won it last year and it's hard to go back-to-back. But let's break it down. Jalen Wilson... Top five player in the country. Can score at all three levels. Physical. Plays defense. Got length. He's a killer. Jalen Wilson is a dog. Love me some Jalen Wilson. Love how he's just emerged as... I mean, even like last year, it, it was Abaji. It was it was McCormick. It was Christian Brown. Jalen Wilson necessarily that guy. He wasn't needed to be that big scorer. Last night, he had 21 points versus Texas Tech on senior night and... I mean, man, he averages 20 a game. He can go get you a bucket. He has really evolved and emerged as, I think he's going to be, a, I think he should be a first round pick. Who would not want that guy on their team? He plays hard, can score at will. Love Jalen Wilson, but it's not just him. Uh, Kevin McCuller Jr., one of the best defenders in the country, had some insane plays against his old school Texas Tech. Let's think that's a key transfer for Bill Self. I mean, McCullough can give you 15 points, but he's going to lock down the other team's best player. You got Grady Dick. He's going to score from three. I mean, he didn't even have, he didn't record a basket last night, but don't let him get hot. I love how KJ Adams has played inside. 
It's like a, they don't have your typical big that Kansas has. There is no Azabuki. There is no David McCormick. But KJ Adams, a really athletic small ball five. And it works because he's physical. He's going to throw He's gonna throw his shoulder into you. He's going to put a body on you. And he's going to go and try and just force his way into the paint to get some dunks. Great lob threat. I think he's pretty good defensively because he's mobile. And then I heard someone say, and people say, that this is the biggest X factor in all of college basketball. And it's Dewan Harris. And I don't know if he's the biggest X factor in college basketball, like the biggest player, the most important player, but he could certainly be up there because Dewan Harris, first off, great defender. I mean, he had what, six steals against, uh, who was it over the weekend? It was West Virginia, six steals against West Virginia, six assists. He's your quintessential point guard. He can dish it out. He's got great vision. He's selfless. And again, really, really good on-ball defender. And he's actually longer and taller than you think for a point guard. Here's my problem with Dewan Harris. I saw their Texas Tech game last night towards the end. And man, he took some really stupid shots in the clutch. I know you want the ball in your point guard's hands to make the right decision. But give the ball to Jalen Wilson and clear out. I know I've been talking about no iso ball for UNC. But Dewan Harris, just some, some terrible layup attempts. And I don't, you, you can't have that. You can't have those bad shots. They didn't make a field goal. They made one field goal in the last like five minutes of the game. And it was on like a little kind of scramble layup because Texas Tech was trying to foul. You move the ball around, get a layup to make it a five point game. And Dewan Harris, I thought just had some wasted possessions because he, he just, he, he, Jalen Wilson never touched the ball. Grady Dick never really touched the ball. It was, it was too much dribbling for Harris, but I think if he can contribute 10 to 12 points a night and play great defense, have a high assist to turnover ratio, because I think some of the problems for Kansas when they were losing games, when they went on that three game losing streak is Harris was not taking care of the ball and he was really hurting the team. But if Dewan Harris can be that national championship point guard that he was last season, along with Jalen Wilson, carrying the load scoring wise, this is a balanced team. I think this is the team you can trust the most going into March. I think it's got everything you've got. You got scoring, you got defense with McCullough, you got versatility, you got a couple guys off the bench that can contribute some minutes, but I think this is, it's it's a veteran team, I think that's important too, they've got experience, if you got some youth in there with Grady Dick, Kansas is my national championship winner at this point. Now let's see how that tournament goes, let's see how the conference tournaments go, let's, let's see if a team kind of shoots up, I need to watch some Houston basketball, let's see if Alabama can win their, uh, win their conference. Let's see if Purdue can can bounce back. Let's see if one of these Big East teams can make some noise finally. Overall, it's going to be a fun ride. It's only day one of March, and you know, now that I'm finally back, once again, I'm going to try and keep getting more content. Today, this was just kind of like a little ramble sesh. Going to get my thoughts out on college basketball. I've watched a lot. Uh, we're going to make it a little more concentrated, try and focus on a few games per episode or or ones that I've watched. Absolutely, we're going to analyze Duke and UNC if I still have my voice and conference tournament time, you already know I'm going to be on it. Going to try and find more gaps within my schedule. Now that things are kind of settling down a little bit, but this is 30 plus minutes, man, it's a long one. Uh, but I had fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, uh, more college basketball is going to be on the way. It's March madness. Going to be making a bracket. Going to definitely do some bracket episodes when those come out. And that being said, thanks again for listening. I'll speak to you next time.